Another war story from a thirsty young hustler. Once the pen hits the pad, it's danger. What up, my fellow Knicks fans? This is your guy, Marcellus Ease, and don't panic quite yet. Now, Larry Brown had recently spoke upon the Knicks about some of his past internal issues with the team, the media policy of the Knicks, and also the current state of the team. But overall, he had high praises of James Dolan. Now, first, I'm going to touch base on the communication issue. Now, a few months ago, we seen it play out between James Dolan and Spike Lee as they had an internal issue on which front entrance that he should use in order to enter the arena. And I said back then that it was clearly a communication issue. Now, this has a trickle-down effect on the rest of the franchise, all the way from the GM, the president, and to the coach, and that communication line all the way to the players. Now, Larry Brown touched base on this. So when I went to New York, Isaiah is as bright a guy as I've ever been around in my life mm-hmm. in terms of judging talent and just his knowledge of the game. Um, Jim Dolan is one of the most generous owners there ever was. But we never all collaborated together. So there was... I can never get my message across to Isaiah or Mr. Dolan. I didn't do a good job. Um, you know, Isaiah drafted some really good players. We signed Eddie, um, Eddie Curry, Eddie Curry right. who, had, who had not played in a while, you know, because mm-hmm. of heart issues. And Eddie averaged 12 and 8 a game playing 22 minutes, but got in foul trouble. You know, we Isaiah drafted Nate Robinson, Trevor Reza, who is young, David Lee, Channing Frye. Well, there were a lot of similarities with all these guys. You couldn't play them all together. If you wanted to play them all together, you were playing them all out of position. We had Stephen Marbury, who I don't think was really appreciated. Um, he wasn't a point guard in my mind, but I tried mm-hmm. to play him a point guard because that's what everybody envisioned him to be. Uh, we had Jamal Crawford, who uh, was so special in, yes. in my mind that was young. But we were a very young team, and I, I ended up playing older guys that if you're really truly going to b- build, you got to build with the younger guys. And when you draft a guy, it's got to be a guy that fits the coach's profile. So, you know, when these scouts go out, and these GMs go out and tell a coach, this is who you're going to coach. The only ones that are successful is understand what kind of coach you are and what you value. And I don't think there was a complete connection. I didn't go to Mr. Dolan enough and share what I believe. Um, I don't think Isaiah and I were given the same message to the players. And that should have never happened. Um, and as a result, um, I didn't do the kind of job that was expected. Now, this past season, we sort of seen this play out between Scott Perry, then President Steve Mills, and Coach David Fisdale, as they never got him the right personnel. They never got him a point guard that whole time. And it just created an awkwardness where they had to play players off of position, like young players like R.J. Barrett. You know, they got too many forwards. So guys like Kevin Knox was kind of pigeonholed to the bench. He didn't get enough minutes, didn't get enough experience so he can grow his game. But going back to Larry Brown, he also spoke on the Knicks media policy. Now, James Dolan has the Knicks, 
you know, whole franchise, kind of from the coaches all the way to the players to the different personnel that's part of the organization, he kind of has him walking on a tightrope because of his ongoing beef with the New York Daily News, and it has a trickle-down effect to the rest of the media throughout the whole country as a pretty much declared a war on James Dolan and his reputation. The way, reason I got fired, they had a media kind of protocol. Um, when anybody asks me a question, I tell them the truth. I answer the question. I don't, I'm not smart enough to think about, you know, how this is going to affect somebody. If I, if I think it's going to be, a, if I answer it and it's going to hurt somebody, I try not to say, hey, I, I, I don't want to comment on that. And sometimes, you know, in a place like New York, they'll assume you were thinking something else and that you might read that in the paper. Mm -hmm. um, but in Mr. Dolan's eyes, I didn't handle the media side very well. And that really disappointed him a lot. But in terms of giving me every opportunity to be successful, he would have been there in a minute. And if I'd have been able to really sit down and, and explain to Isaiah exactly what I was about, um, I think better because the whole deal when you hire somebody you should hire somebody to do a specific job and allow him to do that job and if he doesn't do it you have every right to make a change mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we don't do that um, and I don't think sometimes I think the franchises you see that are really great there's a collaboration you know, everybody is trying to do their job the best they can. Nobody gets in the middle of that circle or breaks that chain. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's what happened in New York. And a lot of that was my fault. Now, there was definitely a chain of command, especially when it came to talking to the media. James Dolan, you know, they kind of hold a little bit of unprecedented press conference when you least expect it. And when you actually do expect them to speak on something major, they actually don't. So there's a chain of command. Larry clearly spoke his mind a little bit too much for the Knicks organization liking. It is what it is. But moving on, he also spoke about the current state of the Knicks and some of the personnel and some of the young guys that they got on the team. I think, you know, I think they have a, a really good owner. People might disagree with me. This man will do anything to make your team better. Um, but sometimes he needs to get the right information. And sometimes it's too many people giving him information because everybody wants to feel important. I do believe everybody wants to play in New York. I, I'm not buying this. I, I really believe there's no better place to play. Um, I do believe, you know, Leon will do an unbelievable job. He's a great, great human being. Mm -hmm. I worked with Scott Perry when I was with Detroit, him and George David were my, you know, were scouts and they were mm -hmm. phenomenal and mm -hmm. just bright, brilliant guys. Um, I, I didn't agree with the signing. I agreed with the talent they brought in, you know, with Morris and Portis. Mm -hmm. you and with Randall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but they were all with duplications. And then they bring in, they get rid of Prozingis and bring in Smith, who is not a conventional point guard. But you got to play him. But you bring him in and trade and or sign a free agent point guard who's a hell of a player. So 
how are you going to play all three of those guys and watch mm -hmm. them develop? And then they get rid of Moutier, um, who was just starting to grow. Yeah. So I think I think I think they did the right thing in getting assets, but maybe you don't do the right thing. And Morris, by the way, who's a hell of a player, they brought mm -hmm. him in, who yeah. is another duplication. But ask the here's my way about the NBA. The your draft picks are valuable, mm -hmm. your contracts are valuable, and your players are valuable, and your coach is valuable. So those are your assets. You got to figure out how to use those. Mm -hmm. And I think you know by acquiring the players they did, it might have prohibited the growth of some of the young guys, but maybe they will get assets back because they they had a great draft. Barrett's going to be great. Mm -hmm. um, Knox has to grow up and get stronger, but he might be a little duplication, you mm -hmm. know, of some of the people they have. And Mitchell, Julius, Mitchell Robinson, Robinson too. Yeah, and that was, a, and you got a shot blocker. Who I, I mm -hmm. don't know. I see, I see Drummond get traded, Capella get traded. Blows my mind. I can't, I can't <laughs> believe you don't need a rim protector and a <laughs> rebounder. So I'm hoping that people value Robinson because you can't teach what he does. Mm -hmm. And he's only going to get better, and he's still young. Mm -hmm. So they have assets. They have draft picks coming. They have Leon, who's an unbelievable leader. Um, and I, I do believe Dolan is a great owner. Um, you know, you just got to communicate with him. You got to show him what you plan and empower him to let him know what you're trying to do. Now, even though it's popular to believe that James Dolan is the worst owner in the NBA, it's not even close. You can look at the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary and see that the Chicago Bulls owner let the general manager run amok and break up the team, the team that was probably the most profitable team ever in the NBA and that took it to new heights and on a global stage. You can also look at the ownership group of the Indiana Pacers. It's on record that the owner even said that he'll never go over the salary cap in order to pay stars. And the best way James Dolan has actually shown his commitment to the Knicks is by willing to spend money and go over the luxury tax. And that's something other teams, like currently the Milwaukee Bucks ownership, wasn't willing to do to keep Malcolm Brogdon this past summer, even though they have a generational talent like Giannis. And the last thing I'd like to touch base on what Larry Brown said was piecing everything together through the communication. Hopefully that the Knicks have someone that can communicate that to James Dolan so he can know what's going on so he can feel empowered. And that's pretty much where Leon Rose, he should fit in well with this because Leon Rose has been an agent as we all know. But the good thing about agents is that it's their job to make sure that where, wherever they're sending their clients, that their clients actually fit in with that culture. So Leon Rose, I believe he also even represented coaches and GMs and and other you know high positions in the nba so he kind of has a knowledge of the personalities the different personalities and how they fit in into different areas in the organization and hopefully that's where this all fits in because this past season we've seen guys like steve mills put guys that don't quite fit in with the team and then made a error in his communication to james dolan as far as expectations which he told James Dolan he expected the Knicks to be a contending team that should be winning games when in reality they were sort of in a kind of gray area in between rebuild and just kind of developing kind of veteran guys like Marcus Morris. But hopefully with this new leadership that's been inserted, we sort of bridge this gap between this miscommunication and have a more strategic plan going forward 
and kind of move as one unit. So things don't have to keep repeating itself like this past offseason when we acquired all those forwards kind of stunting Kevin Knox growth because we already developed a high draft pick on him. So why, why the hell are we stunting his growth by just getting a bunch of power forwards on the team when every season we have the issue of a point guard? And then things won't repeat where we let guys like, you know, how we developed Emmanuel Moutier two seasons ago, and then we just let him go to a different team. You know, that kind of almost repeated itself with Marcus Morris's past season in which he was empowered to take a bunch of shots, play a bunch of minutes, do his best Allen Iverson impersonation in the fourth quarter. And it took away from the young guys that we were invested in just because Steve Mills wanted to win a few more games just because he miscommunicated his expectations of the team to James Dolan. Because quiet is kept, that's pretty much the storyline of this past season. And Morris, at the end of the day, just would have hit the free agency market and just get a higher salary from a different team. So it would have been the Manuel Moutier situation all over again. But speaking of free agents, let's go over some low-key free agents this offseason that the Knicks could possibly get. I know it's a kind of an offseason where it's not that much going on. There's kind of a few restricted and unrestricted free agents that the Knicks can sort of you know, kind of build and put around their young guys. So one of them is Christian Wood. He's a power forward in Detroit. When Andre Drummond got traded, this guy averaged about 23 points a game, nine rebounds. He had a huge game against Joel Embiid. This guy is really good. His rebounding machine. He shoots a high percentage. Christian Wood, the Knicks should definitely kind of look into him, especially with Julius Randle. Pretty much probably going to get rid of him after this year. And then, you know, kind of fill up that power forward spot. Now, also, if the Knicks don't commit to Kevin Knox, they do have some options at the forward position, the small forward position, some 3 and D guys that they could possibly get. Guys like Derek Jones out in Miami. This guy, you know, he's a blocking machine, very athletic. He can guard multiple positions. They could also get Torrey Gregg out of Denver, also another 3 and D guy. He's probably the best defensive player this past season. Well, I mean, this current season that's still going on, but then that's another option right there. And low-key, another option is Lujan's Dort, a.k.a. Lou Dort, out in uh, OKC. Now, low-key, OKC, they're making a playoff run, even though the season's suspended right now, but they made a major playoff push before things ended. And this guy, low-key, is a big reason why. He's a very good defensive player. He could defend guards and forwards, and he's very stocky, very built, and he's only 21, and he's on a two-way contract. So that could be another player that the Knicks could look at, especially if they're not going to commit to guys like Knox. And also, if they don't commit to guys like Julius Randle, I mean, Christian Wood would make a nice replacement. He doesn't do all that dribbling on top of the key and fumbling the ball. Oh, that should be ugly. But anyways, y'all stay safe in these NYC streets with this Rona. Until next time, peace.